0: I feel like so many years of my life were wasted spending time with people. I probably should have let go a long time ago. That's how I kind of lived my twenties. If I could be honest, it was just feeling bad that I would hurt other people's feelings and not really taking what I wanted seriously. And when I needed to do for the sake of my own self and growth, insanity and, and just, being the best Muslim I could be and and all those things. Like I just really kind of put everybody before me. And because of that, I suffered a lot. Does that sound familiar to you? And I feel like one of the best things I ever did was learn how to put other people in my life so that I could live in a way that was more aligned with where I wanted to be. And that is actually the reason I feel as good as I do in my life right now, because I made those moves. So today in the podcast, we're going to talk about exactly how you could do that and kind of what that looks like when you get the result you want. Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast. I'm your host, Mindful Muslim. I come to you twice a week, Mondays and Fridays, with topics that you love and request. As a matter of fact, this series was a series requested by many women. And while some people might say, hey, you know, it's my jam or not my jam, what I want to say is the effect people have around us, whether they're friends or family, are incredible. And that's why the Prophet, peace be upon him, we all know that famous, is, uh, you know, hadith for him, He says that, like, you are on the dean of your friends. It is so true. It is so true. But we're going to go even deeper than that today. I'm going to say that some of our best versions of ourselves are tucked away, hidden, locked up, not able to reach their full potential because of the company that we're keeping. And one of the things that was the best thing I could have ever done with myself was to let go of the people in my life that were not helping me be where I know I needed to be now I want to say that with the caveat that I'm not saying to kick everybody out your life that is not what I'm like hey let that one go hey you know like let's let's keep it I'm keeping it Islamically aligned okay so before you think I'm saying something else Here's the thing. Most of the people who give us trouble are, are our family. Let's face it, right? So people are like, oh, the first thing as soon as they talk about friends, uh, what people start to do is like, oh, well, well, how does that apply for family? Okay, so they're kind of different. So let's put that in a different category for another podcast. So I want to throw that out there. There, It's a little bit more complicated. So today we're sticking to people that are like the people in our in our, in our friends, associates, those people. I, if you didn't catch it, I did a part one to this. You can go back. I talked about friends versus associates. But today, what I want to help us do is learn how we can have people in our life that are going to get us where we want to be. So for example, if I'm a person that wants to have more calm and peace in my life, but I got a friends, like a whole bunch of friends that are just like into drama, into like this, into that, get me hyped, get me stressed. And I love them to death, known them forever, but they're not necessarily the types of friends I know I should probably be around if I want to be this other type of person. That is more serious than you think, sis. And I'm telling you, most of my, like I said, my 20s, I lived in a, in a place where I had tons of people that they used to do things that were not things that I did or wanted to do. But you know, I felt bad for them, or they were my friends a long time, or they lived close to my house, or you were in the same class, or whatever it was. And I spent a lot of my time, you know, hanging on to those people. But there was a point in my life where I realized I wanted to live differently. And as I started to explore different things, I realized that we didn't have that much in common anymore, right? For example, if I wanted to like eat healthier, and they were just Constantly doing the junk food thing. Then, when every time I was around them at their house, we were hanging out, everything was all about eating that way. And like, it was always like, oh, you know, I'm the Debbie Downer because I don't want to put all that into my body because I'm trying to like clean my body. I'm trying to get healthier. I'm trying to like feel good because so much of our mental health is related to our physical health. So much. I do a lot of Eastern medicine. I'm not going to go into that here, but. Like I do Western Eastern both in balanced ways, but the thing is, um, I, I do all types of things, you know, whether it's just all types of acupuncture or, or different types of methods of calming and all of them Islamically aligned, obviously. But like at the end of the day, my point is I have learned so much about pressure points, acupuncture, things where if you just offset one teeny weeny part of your body, you can like Annihilate the other half of your body. And I will tell you this crazy thing. One time, and you guys know I love to go to Flushing Queens. So I had this awesome acupuncturist there. And I remember one time I was going to her. I wanted to increase the circulation in my body because circulation is awesome for you, right? And I'll tell you how this relates in a second. And so I go there and I'm sitting with her, and she has these little teeny, teeny, weeny acupuncture needles. FYI, they do not hurt. I am not a needle girl, and these do not hurt. So, anyways, but she put it in my arm and it went, I'm telling you, the thinnest thing ever in my arm and then I went to lift up my arm and my arm was completely like I couldn't move it Now I was not injured it was just doing its thing she's like no 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 for 15 minutes don't move then i take it out but literally super thin pin just in the exact spot she put it my entire arm could not move now after she released it and after i got up from the acupuncture i felt super good because all the circulation and stuff but my point is that one little teeny thing affected the entire arm of my body much like that one friend who every time you know you're supposed to pray and you're supposed to go to prayer and she's just hold up, hold up, you know, let's just keep doing this thing, watching this, TikTok, Netflix, you know, Korean drama, whatever it is your friend has you doing. Or maybe it's just somebody who's constantly just talking your ear off, complaining all the time. Does anyone else have those girlfriends that just complain, complain, complain? So those were the girlfriends I used to have. The, all those people I'm describing, I used to have. The reason I so many people ask me how can I do this, this, that so well. It's not because I'm amazing. It's not because I'm any better than anyone else. It's because of certain systems and practices I've put in my life that any other woman could do. And I'm giving credit to Alessa Penna with that is showing me these things and allowing me to do them consistently. Boom. So what I'm going to talk about today in the podcast with that long intro, just making you understand the impact of those people around you. You need to get better circle right so today's the how you get a better circle podcast all right so number one i'm going to give you two major things that you need to do they're gonna seem super simple but at the same time i promise you most people won't do them because they take some grit and a lot of people aren't willing to do it but are they hard no are they like i said things that people end up doing Even though they're not that hard? No, but I'm going to tell you why in a sec. Okay, number one is make du'a and keep to your focused goal. So for example, a lot of people have a focused goal of, you know, no longer wasting time or no longer drinking or no longer staying up late at night, you know, or whatever it is. These, These particular things that they feel are bad habits in their life and at the same time, and by the way, I threw in the drinking there, not, not on accident. Um, a lot of Muslims do things they shouldn't do. So that's why in the podcast, I'm always like super honest about like whatever it is or smoking or whatever it is, right? So that thing, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing, right? A lot of people, whether they're in college or they're just hanging out with people who just do those things and they end up just happening to do them every time they're around them, you know, those types of situations. Yeah. So those happen, right? Sometimes you're like, oh, I just want to be more motivated or this or that. But we hang with the same people, kind of have us in the same cycle routine schedule that keeps us off track so what happens is when I say number number one or step tip or whatever number one is is make dua and stay focused and you're like really <clears throat> Duh? could you come to like a better one no let me tell you why this is critical and why people take it so light but they don't understand I'm gonna tell you really simple a lot of people are, for example, they're looking for a spouse and a lot of people are like, Hey sis, like where's the best place to look? Now I have an entire program where I talk about that, but one of the big things that I talk about inside that program, which people don't get, which is very similar to finding the right circle of friends, which is why I'm making that connection is that it relies a lot on trusting and waiting and putting yourself in the right places, but people don't do it. They just like do it for five seconds and then they're like, "It didn't work but that's why it didn't work because it's kind of like the gym does anybody here try to work out and then like you don't see results right away and you're like oh whatever like like let's let's look at our stomach because as women right we always struggle with our muffin tops and our side love handles and all those things you know we're always like wearing those jeans or whatever we're wearing in an islamic way of course and then at the same time you know you're trying to 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 fit in that dress for that wedding you're like oh seriously like my arm fat hanging over like you know those things that we deal with right so we're like you know what that's it i'm gonna go to the gym i'm gonna eat healthy and then we go to try to get into a workout routine we do it like we push ourselves to do it even we don't want to even we're tired even we're busy for like a week or two right we're like um excuse me i have denied myself ice cream for two weeks i should at least look a little better than this and we don't and maybe even if we go third week, who knows, and we just don't see what we think we should see by three weeks, we just kind of slowly start to like, you know what? It's okay if I skip today because like, what's the point anyway? I'm not seeing results. It's okay if I skip like a day or two later too, because I mean, like I'm doing my best, you know, like life's working against me here. And that's the attitude we kind of have. When we don't see the results we want right away. So I had to use that gym analogy because I know it's all too familiar to so many of us women, right? But what I noticed is when I go to the gym for six weeks straight or eight weeks straight, it is a total different body than if I did it just those first couple weeks and was like, oh, really? Forget it. I'm telling you, when you stay the long game, it makes a huge difference. I don't start feeling better when I work out after two weeks or three weeks, even though you think you should because you just like let go of so many horrible things and, you know, put new practices in your life. But that's not how the world works. But most of us aren't willing to hang on another couple weeks consistently. How many people know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. So very similarly, when it comes to swapping people out of our life bringing new people in our life, sorry, hit the mic. It is something we struggle to do. A couple of reasons. One, we doubt ourselves. We doubt the choice. Well, actually, the first one is the one I just said. We have no patience. Can we say it? We have no patience. Let's just keep it real, right? That's the first one. Number two, we doubt ourselves and our choices. <gasps> Should I have really done that? Should I have really told that person not able to hang out? What if they're upset with me? What if they're mad at me? What if after I realize this is not what I really want and then they're not really around for me anymore? No then I won't have anyone that'll be alone. We make a, a choice that we know is what we need to do. We get to this point where we're like, done. I know I got to do this. Maybe we even have made which we should, right? And how to make this new change in our life. We make the change. And then this period of time happens that I like to call the fire. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to see this happen. You're going to see this Fire show up when you're trying to leave a marriage, when you're trying to leave a friendship, when you're trying to, um, you know, change habits in your life, relationships, just in general. Not leave the relationship, but change dynamics in a relationship. I see this all the time. I want you to imagine a blacksmith, and I know we're not all in like the Wild West here, but work with me here. You take a piece of iron and your this piece of iron is like straight up and down right and you need to make this iron into a different shape let's say a horseshoe or a hook it's something where you need to turn it you need, who can turn metal no one save allah right unless you introduce some elements like heat right so here's the thing it's just a, a, a yucky piece of metal, but then you can mold it into something beautiful. It's the same thing with like glass blowing that they do, like all these beautiful things, right? So here's the deal. At the time when you take that, that metal and you put it into the fire, that is hot. That is hot. So I want you to imagine that metal is you. We need to mold you, change you the way your life is going. Well, in order to do that, guess what you got to go through, sis? Got to go through a little fire, but fire hurts. Fire is uncomfortable. I'm not talking about seriously burning yourself. I'm talking about you just not going to all those parties or you not dealing with all those people that you know are toxic or listen to all those haram conversations or whatever it is. Let's pretend your problem is you hang out with too many guys and you have guy friends and you should have girlfriends. Yeah, I'm going to call that out too. It's the same thing. We can't bring good in our life, peace in our life, happiness in our life if we're doing things that displease Allah. So whether it's the girlfriends that don't pray on time, watching the bad shows, or the guys that you shouldn't be talking to, or whatever it is, I'm talking about we'd have friends that are guys too. Well, I don't. But I'm just saying, for the Muslim community, it is a struggle, right? So I'm just keep, No judgment. Just keeping it. just trying to help you out how we can change it, right? So alhamdulillah, dua. And keep that focus, sis, Don't turn back. Once you make that istikhara and you make that commitment, stop doubting. Stop looking for signs every five seconds. And if you think you don't see a sign or a result within like a week or two, uh, didn't work. Wasn't meant to be. That is not true. If you see Prophet Noah, what was he doing? He was, he was given dawah for 900 years. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take you 900 years to do this process at all. Any time close. But my point is, the amount of grit, the amount of patience, the prophet, peace be upon him, to bring Islam to, to droves of people enough to make it an entire one of the biggest religions in the world. It took him a span of 23 years. Again, a little bit less than the 900 years, but I'm still saying it's not going to take you close to that. Most of us, even for marriages, right? In August, you're going to see me talk to women, about who is struggling with marriages. And this podcast is not about marriage, but again, here's the connection to other things happening in our life. You have a marriage and you know it's not working. You're like, oh, I tried this. I tried talking to him. I tried this. Most of the time, one, we're trying the wrong things when we try to change things in our life and doing it the wrong way, which is why I try to help people do it the better way, right? And number two, we don't have any patience because we don't see it happen. And then, you know, there's so much of that happening. So when in August, when I come, I'm going to start to help women to change their marriage. As bad as you think it is, there could be things that you could be doing in a different way. And we'll talk about it then. Look forward to that in August. I will probably, probably like probably 95% have an entire challenge around it. Just because I try to meet these really stressful things about like, I'm telling you, the marriages in our community are really, really stressful. And like I said, family's not the same as friends here, but I'm just making that connection that there are things we need to do once we make a decision and push through the process and try things out for a period of time. So for example, a lot of women that are in the school and we have a program on that for marriage fixing, it's just four weeks of doing something. But most people, like I said, after one or two weeks, they give up. So with the friend thing here that I'm suggesting to you, please, sis, Make du'a to Allah. Ask him to help you bring the right people in your life. Help him to distance you from the people who are wrong for you. Ask him to give you the strength to follow through. Allah is the best keeper of promises. He will never. And when a slave makes du'a, Allah says, I answer him immediately. But his immediately is not your immediately. So we can't push our time limits on a less that? I know we can't put those limits. That's number one. That was my big tip. Number two, number two, is really all about making tough choices. Now here's the deal. There was this point in my life where I didn't understand that being friends with certain people were holding me back. Right? Then I realized it wasn't that I woke up one day and I was like, "Oh, I want to be a better person." I just got so sick of feeling like horrible. Like I was just like in a dead end at every point in my life. Do you know what I'm saying? When you just feel like nothing is working out for you, you start to feel numb. You start to feel disconnected from Allah. You try to feel like, like, why am I even living this life? Like what is happening to me? If you're a person who understands what I'm saying, when I say those things, I have felt them too. But let me tell you, those are beautiful signals for you to, just stop living that way like just that's a sign right there life is meant to be lived and enjoyed and happiness i have so much peace in my heart now i wake up and i love the day i appreciate the day that was not always the case I felt everything was just, life was against me. Everything wasn't working out. Like I had that, right? What changed was the environment. So what I had to do is I had to make tough choices. There were people I know, they didn't understand what I was trying to do. They were getting offended. It was okay. It was okay. Because it was a season in my life where things needed to change. Again, talking about friends here, not family. If you guys want me to talk about these things with family, DM me on Instagram mindful Mustama, i told you the reason i had this series is because somebody suggested it so i take your suggestions seriously 95 percent of what i talk about here are suggested only five percent is what i want to do if you can imagine i literally am here to serve women because what we're trying to do at mindful Mustama is when we we're not i know it sounds as, as cheesy as it sounds it's really true most people are living in survival mode I need to move all of us out of survival survival mode and into thriving mode. And that's why I don't use my name outside in public. That's why I use Mindful Muscle because it's not about me. It's about the movement. It's about what we need to do as women. We need to live better. And our mission and vision is to help women live to the fullness of their potential. And most of us just can't get to Friday. And you know, some of us cannot get off a of Monday. You know what I'm talking about, right? So how do you get to this better person that you want to be? It starts by changing what you allow into your life. So making tough choices means not allowing people to be in your space if they're not going to be aligned with what you want to be like. If I want to be a positive person and there's all these negative people, then you don't have time for that right now in this point of your life you're trying to get to another part who knows maybe where you're stronger and better and happier and more peaceful you can revisit those people and try to help them out maybe but right now you need to do what you need to do and it's not selfish because you're not being rude so let me tell you what this is going to sound like for those people that are like that sounds great sis but how do I actually do that you know me I love to give examples I had a friend one I had a friend once that used to make fun of me because every time I used to say something, because I'm I'm a teacher at heart, right? I'd be like, for example. So like every time I would say something, they would joke around me. They're like, for example, imagine you're in a car crash, for example. And I'm like, all right, stop right. (laughs) So I know I'm I'm the queen of that. So can't help it, but it helps. It helps. So here's the thing. For example, there's this person in your life that has been there for a long time because a lot of these people that we're talking about are usually friends that we've had for a while, guys. Let's face it. Those are people that are hard to move out of your life. And you realize that you've kind of grown past that person. That person is still the same person, but you're not really at that same level anymore. Um, hanging out with them is kind of just keeping you stuck and you want to move on, but you don't want to offend them, right? What do you do? So here's how it goes. Um, you, first of all, need to be more busy, and what it means is you can let them know, hey, I'm, I'm doing some new things in my life. I'm going to try to start working out now more often. I'm going to start to go in these classes, whatever, whatever. You need to be more busy. I've told this before, and this is not lying. And I actually encourage you to be more busy with other better things. But the point is the time you normally would have spent every day all night on the phone with that person, you need to cut it right? Or I need to cut it. Like whoever's in it need to cut it, right? Or maybe it's just like during the times of Salah or maybe this or that, we need to cut it. Maybe it's, it's, it's whatever it is. Maybe it's texting. Maybe it's watching whatever. Like maybe it's going to these particular places where you know you shouldn't be because there's a bunch of guys there. Like whatever, okay? The point is what happens is um, you need to say, I'm really busy right now. I got a lot going on and you need to slowly distance yourself now let me tell you what that person's going to do they're going to be like oh this person's not in my life anymore hey i feel like you're a little too busy for me lately hey i feel like at first they'll be like cool whatever but then they're going to start to feel a little like because they miss you they want you but guess what that is toxicity that you need to let go of so you're going to keep saying no no no, i'm busy i'm busy as soon as i get freed up you know we'll talk but you know you're just going to get further and further away from them now you could be straight with them straight up and be like look this friendship it's just really hard for me i just feel like there's a lot of about us that we have. You could do that straight conversation, but one, most people won't do it. That's why I say it. If you could do it, it's better. I did it. I did it with many people, but there were some people that I did it to. <laughs> they were not having it. They're like, yeah, whatever. What are you doing tomorrow? Like they, they would not stop. They would not stop calling me. They would not stop. They just like beat around me. I was like, okay, great. But um, they just wouldn't stop. So Prophet Ibrahim, there's a, this is, there's a lesson we learned from him when he was younger. And I've told this before. People from the town, they would just invite him to things that were haram or not good. And they would knock on the door and he would say, I'm busy. I'm busy. And there's some point we were allowed to do that. You know, you don't have to tell them what you're busy with. You know, busy with doing something else other than being with you. And again, not in a harsh way, just like in a really nice way. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for inviting me. And there came to a point where they wouldn't stop knocking on the door, just like the person I told you, like just kept asking me. And then he would start to tell them, I'm ill. Then there's a the point where people just get tired of asking for you and they give up. And that and that's that whole like, don't do it in one week. Don't wait it out for two weeks. Give it four to six, seven weeks. Those people start to get tired that you're no longer around. They start to divert their attention elsewhere. Problem solved. So if you can have the direct conversation with them and you have the big, you know, um, girl boots to do that, great. If you can't, I just gave you the easy way out without doing it in a haram or um, unkind way that is still islamically aligned okay and so that was my other tip for you is that you have to make those tough choices so for people now if it's if it's just like hey sis i'm just lonely i don't actually have good people in my life i'm going to give you a bonus tip right here and then i'm going to end with the results that doing this will get you and i think you're going to see one of the most beautiful friendships we've ever seen in the sunnah that i want to share with you and Absolutely beautiful story that makes me cry. All right. So, what I want to tell you for people that struggle to have people in their life, it's like this I did too, and my kids did too. One of the things I want to say is when you start to decide to be more Islamically aligned, you start to let go of things that are haram, you know, it's really lonely. Can I, can I say it? It's really lonely. Now, I just happen to be a person that likes to be alone. Not in like I don't like people or anything, but I just really enjoyed it. Since I was a child, I used to sit up in my room at night and love to draw, write poetry, um, you know, play with my dolls, like when I was younger, right? From talking from like eight to 12. Then I got a little bit older and I got into drawing and poetry more, like just like whatever it was, that was, um, you know, stuff I like to do to express myself. And I like to learn. I love to take classes. Most of the time I do those alone. I don't necessarily have people that are my friends that are taking them with me. Um, I have zero problem with sitting for hours on end alone. I do not get lonely. It's just me. But not everybody's like me, right? Not everybody has that. Some people get deathly alone. Here's the thing. And I'm going to tell you, because I have kids, I have some of my kids that are just like me, love to be alone. Leave me alone. I don't need anybody. Great. And there's some of them that can't be two seconds (laughs) alone. Like, really I'm not joking sometimes for example I have one of my kids I tell them to go play outside go catch some sunshine feel good have a moment alone with yourself with a law they're like okay mom they go outside not even playing 30 seconds come back inside they're like yep did that I'm done what are you doing <laughs> like no mommy wants you to like soak up the moment I'm talking a 10 year old a 10 year old should be able to be alone for five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes yes they should but this, this particular child of mine, absolutely not happening. Sometimes I'll say, hey, mommy, I want you to go in your room and read this and come back to me and tell me what you think about it. And Because I homeschool. Nope, don't want to do it. Not interested. But I like being with you. I like being with my sisters. I like being with daddy. I love being with everybody. They're just a people person. Some of my kids are extreme extroverts. And some of mine are extreme introverts. So I'm speaking to the whole crew here when I say this. When you do the first tip I gave you, which is make da and you stay the course and you plead to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala especially in sujood in the last third of the night that you desperately want the truth you desperately want the better version of yourself you desperately want him to be in your life closer to you. you want happiness you want peace you want to let go of everything that you know is making you feel as horrible as you feel Allah brings people into your life I did this. I had friends that I didn't, I told you, I gave them all up. Remember? So then I walk into like a center back in the, I'm going to date myself right now, in the late 90s, early 2000s. And Allah introduced me to this group of women who is a five, six women halakha. I'm in there. And many of you guys know a lot. People who are my longtime listeners. Woo I know who you are. I have told this story a long time ago. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I will say this much. I said to to myself like oh these women are really nice beautiful diverse group of women like they were um what were they they were like polish moroccan puerto rican japanese like awesome mix like I felt like I walked into the UN I'm like what this is awesome I love being with women from everywhere that's my jam like that's my thing right so and I love being alone too see like it's crazy I have that balance like I love being with you guys and then like you could stick me in a room for six hours and I'm good like I'm, I don't feel like it's a prison it's good anyway so I'm with these women I'm like these women are amazing mind you about two months prior I had made so much a lot to help me get a, a new set of friends I was very much a loner at that point I had let go of everybody that wasn't serving the new way of life I need to live and these women count you 20 something years later what is it now 20 22 years later still my close friends Uh, They were the best. They were better than the friends I had from childhood, better than the ones I had spent way more time with, because these were women aligned on the Islamic way, and they wanted the same thing I wanted. These were women when I would cry, they would remind me of something, and they would make me feel so much peace and just talk to them in five minutes that I could talk for five hours to another girlfriend who would just probably make me more mad by the time I was off the phone with her for one of my old friends. Then even when I started being mad over my situation or sad. Do you guys feel me? So what I want to tell you and I want to end with is this beautiful story because the best example of friendship I have ever seen, ever seen, is from um, Umar radiallahu and Abu Bakr radiallahu. They were the two closest friends of the Prophet, peace be upon him. Now, it's funny because one of the girls in that halakha we used to know these stories of them as friends. And we used to say we hope to be as good of friends as them. And when we used to memorize Quran together, we used to say, all right, sis, I have a challenge for you. I'm going to race you. Let's race together to jannah. That's, um, we're not corny. Like, we're dead serious because we were modeling after the sunnah. I'm going to race you to jannah. Let's see who can memorize Surat al first. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it better than you. I'm going to do it. Uh, you, you on? I'm, I say give me three weeks four weeks i got it you want to check back and then see who has more and we went and we both were we weren't done by then because we were like life was busy we had kids we were like all right maybe we're not done but you know <laughs> we're like all right but i'm still ahead of you all right i got you all right this is your last chance let's give it another three weeks and we're gonna come back right i'm not gonna tell you who won because i don't want to give it up you know for the person versus me but alhamdulillah you know and this is how we I became with my friends because we both wanted the same thing. So the story that that made Umar ibn al-Khattab, عنه, who cry and made me cry. This story made him cry. I wanted to tell it to you today. I put it on in my Instagram if you caught it. Omar noticed عنه, that every day after Fajr prayer, Abu Bakr, would leave a little distance out of Medina into a little town and would enter a small house for a couple of hours. And then he would leave on his own. Now, this made Omar Radilanhu very curious because he always knew what Abu Bakr Radilanhu was doing. When you imagine, you have like a really good friend, like a best friend. You always know what they're doing. You know what their schedule is like. And he saw him going into this house, being in there a couple hours and leaving. And he was like, what is going on? You know, I know my friend. He never mentioned this. Now, days went by and Abu Bakr radiallahu was still going to this house. So Omar radiallahu decided to enter the house when Abu Bakr radiallahu left and to see what was going on. What was he doing in this house? When Omar radiallahu entered this house, he found a small old lady who couldn't move. And she had no one. And she was blind. And he was surprised but wanted to know what the relationship was between this old lady and Abu Bakr radiallahu. So he asked her, what does this man do here in your house? And the lady replied, Wallahi, my son, I don't know. He comes every morning and cleans the house for me, makes me food and leaves. Later when Abu Bakr radiallahu, had passed away, Omar took care of that same woman. He did it for her. And she said to him, one day as he came in, did your friend pass away? And Omar said, how did you know? And she replied, you brought me dates and didn't remove the seeds from them. And Omar crouched on his knees with tears in his eyes and said his famous saying, the, the khalifs are tired of you, O oh, Abu Bakr, the Khalifa. They're tired of you. They can't compete with you. We can't compete with you. You're always doing one better. And he wasn't saying it out of anger. And he wasn't saying it out of jealousy. He felt humbled every time he saw his friend one step ahead. Doing that little bit more for the Mesquite, for anyone. And it made him race to do better and better and better. And that, my sisters, is what friendship looks like. And I ask you this question as we end the podcast. Do you have a friend like that? Now, most people would say no. I'm not asking for you to have the best of the sahaba as your best friend. But what I'm encouraging you to do are to look for people like that in your life and to now categorize that as friendship. I want you to change your definition of friendship. Friends are no longer just the people who will listen to you whine and complain and allow you to to keep doing what you're doing because you know that's what, what can we do. Friends are the ones that push you to be better and they do it with love and they do it by leading, by example, and one, the other. Friends, when you leave them, you should want to be closer to Allah. You should feel more peace, more happiness. And ask yourself, when you leave your friends, does it make you want to go pray? Or does it make you like, Psh, I just sin so much right now by backbiting or so whatever. I, it doesn't make you want to do anything good. You get me? When I got my new set of friends, it was like that. Those people are out there. You think they're not. They are. But you know where they are? They're in better places than we're sitting. So my last pro, pro, pro tip is if you want to find better people, go to better places. Go to classes, sis. Sign up for a class. Make some new friends there. That's how my kids find friends. I go to the places where the Muslims who are practicing are, like the practicing, practicing ones, not just like any random place. And my kids hang out there. And eventually it rubs off and you get some new friends. Just go to those places. Sign up for something. An activity, a class where you know other people are doing the thing already. And you're just like, hey, this is a new experience and see who's there. Allah will take care of you. Allah will take care of you. These people, they loved Allah so much. These beautiful examples that we have from our seerah. And Allah gave them the best of companions. Because of it. They didn't just have them because of it. I love you for the sake of Allah. May Allah make it easy for you to be aligned with the people that will be our best of friends. And help us race to Jannah Afardao, Samir And I will see you all in the next podcast on Friday. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.